This is FBG Jen and FBG Kristen. And I'm FBG Margo, host and producer. You're listening to the podcast that will help you keep a lid on the junk in the trunk and inspire you to live a happy and confident life. Each episode, we chat with motivational experts and celebs and share our own candid adventures in being healthy. If you're looking for a podcast that's equal parts hilarious and enlightening, well then welcome to the Fit Bottoms Girls podcast. We're happy to say that Veridesk is a proud sponsor of the Fit Bottomed Girls podcast and our go-to choice for an active workspace. Veridesk quickly and easily transforms your desk into a standing desk, and you can try it all risk-free for 30 days with free shipping both ways. Find out more at veridesk.com. That's V-A-R-I-desk.com. Welcome back to the Fit Bottomed Girls podcast. This is FBG Margo, and on the line today we have Jen... Hello, hello. And we have Kristen. Holla. Holla. So, <laughs> Jen, you were not there. Kristen and I had the pleasure of speaking with our guest, Ruri, and he created a program called One Year No Beer, and it is just that. It's, it's taking a year off from drinking. It's a whole program he created. And, uh, Kristen, what did you think of this interview today? Well, it's one of my favorites that we've done, to be honest. And, um, and I also want to just specify that it's uh, – so there are different levels to the program. Like you can do a whole year, but they also have it as short as a month. Mm-hmm. Um, so if anybody just tuned in and was like, well, I'm out. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, um, yeah. it, it's, <laughs> uh, there are, there are other options within it, but yeah, I, I think it was, it's really cool because they came at, the, well, let me back up. So he reached out to us initially and I was kind of like, Ooh, I don't know. Cause I don't want to, I was worried about how they handled that in relation to people who have an actual drinking problem. Like, you know, I, I have people in my life who, who battle alcoholism and it's, it's real and it's frightening and awful. And I, I really didn't want to trivialize it and, you know, address this as like, Oh yeah, just, just join this program stop drinking it's fine um and that's not what it's about so really it's it it came about because he and his his business partner were noticing that like it wasn't that they couldn't stop drinking but it was that they had like so much societal and professional pressure to to drink more than they than they really thought they should be and so it rather than you know really focusing on you know it's not it's not designed to be a solution for alcoholics um and if you know this is the point in the show when we say like if you or someone you know or love is dealing with with alcoholism or with a problem or with you know are are just even wondering whether they have one like talk to a professional that's you know that's not us get help talk to a therapist talk to your doctor confide in a in a friend you know, do that. That's, that's not what we're, what we're trying to solve here. But yeah, it's, it's really just kind of to address like the, the general alcohol culture, which as we were talking about right before we started um, recording, it's pretty major, right? (laughs) Yeah. We should also say, Kristen, um, we, we interviewed, he's based in London, by the way, and you were just in London. So I think you were kind of steeped into that culture a bit there. There, there is quite a bit of drinking culture, attached to living in the UK. 
there is the pub culture is one of the one of the things that honestly I loved about it but yeah it is prevalent but it's you know it's also here like every you know pretty much like every group run that I go on um if it's an after work one not if it's a morning one but it's you know it you grab a beer with your friends afterwards if you do a, a race on Saturday and you go to brunch or you don't do a race and you still go to brunch you know it, it's mimosas and bloody mary bars and it's well and then I was also in Italy so hi wine you know if you think about it if you start at least for me when I start thinking about the events that I do during a week that are related or are not related to alcohol the breakdown isn't always what I want it to be so the number of events that I do in a week that are related to meeting at a bar or having brunch with mimosas or grabbing a glass of wine with my friends versus the things that we're doing that don't involve alcohol, like the ratio is very skewed toward like, you know, we're going to grab a drink somewhere. We're going to, you know, we're going to do this thing and then we're going to have a beer. There's a lot of that. And I think that's the case for a lot of people or maybe not. Maybe that's just my life. No, no. I don't know. I think, what about you guys? No, yeah, I think most social interactions. Yeah. You know, you're going to get together. It's, you know, what are you going to do? Where are you going to be? Like, are we going to this craft beer bar? Are we going to this wine bar? Are you coming over on my back porch? And what bottle are we opening? And I really, like, I love wine so much. I feel like I'm talking about it so much. Like, I really like a lot about, like, the flavor of wine and stuff like that. But the conversation that, you know, that I always try to come back around to is just, like, quality over quantity. Mm -hmm. Because... Once you kind of get into, I mean, really it's talking about habits. So when you yes. have something that's socially acceptable and then you're in the habit of every time with your friends, well, that's what you do. So it becomes very unconscious, you know? And then for me, you know, one drink, okay. You know, like even if you plan to maybe only have one or two, once you have one or two and you're having a great time, who wants to stop having a great time? And that's where, you know, that's where, that's where you can see kind of like the binge drinking or having more. And then the next day you don't feel so great. And then you don't want to go to the gym or your performance suffers, or, you know, you've just had a lot of, I'm not into counting calories, obviously, but you're still having a lot of extra fuel, quote unquote, that has no nutritional benefit, really, if you're having, you know, more than one for women and, it doesn't make you feel good. So how does that help you like not help you or have you like not reach your goals, you know? So I don't know. There's, there's so much, <laughs> there, there's so much, there's so much, there's so yeah. much. Not to mention the whole idea of like, so aside from loving the taste of wine and wanting to, you know, and having the habit of meeting your friends and, you know, clinking glasses, you know, like when you have a day and mm -hmm. you're watching the clock for it to be five o'clock and you're just thinking like, God, I would like a glass of wine right now. Being really conscious of why you want a glass of wine, I think can kind of change the way you approach that glass of wine. Mm -hmm, um, yeah. Because I, I do not like it when I find myself eyeing the clock and counting down for it. That's, that's not a comfortable place for me to be in. You know, when it's just like, oh, you know, I have a bottle that I'm really excited about opening and I'd like to share it with a friend. Sure, yeah, right. no problem. But it's when I find myself having maybe a couple rough days in a row and really being very excited to be able to pour a glass of wine. And that's like my signal to kind of let my brain 
turn off from the stressful parts of my day, that's when I start reevaluating what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. And that's sometimes when I will choose to, um, to abstain from alcohol for a while, just to probably to make sure I can. And then also just to kind of reset those habits. Yeah. And the mom, the mom culture Mm. around alcohol, like the mom alcohol culture is mommy sippy cup. Yeah. Mommy juice. Um, Mm -hmm. there is, Oh my gosh. I mean, we, I mean, we even have them on Fit Bottom Mamas cause they're funny, you know, a lot of time cause it's true. Yeah. Um, like jokes about wine or, you know, drinking or whatever. Um, cause your kids are driving you kind of crazy and the same thing, like you, like a lot of time, you know, by the end of the day, it is, you know, maybe, you know, I've put my daughter to bed and I'm just like, Oh my God, like I need to unwind. I need something to help me unwind. Or it's almost like, um, I deserve this. Mm, yes, I got through today. It becomes more of like a reward, which just all the work that we've done with um, readers and I, myself and um, people in like the 10 to four challenge and stuff with our coaching is, you know, those are the emotional cues that always are just like you were saying, Kristen, like that trigger. It's just like, oh, something else is going on here. Like, why do I feel like I need a reward? How, what am I what am I not taking care of throughout the rest of the day? that enables me to feel this depleted at the end that therefore I have to reach outside of myself to have an altered experience. You know, like why, why am I wanting to check out? And just like you were saying, this is, this, it's a very different energy. It's a very different mindset than when you're like, Oh my God, I'm going to open this really good bottle of wine and I'm going to celebrate, you know, my birthday, my anniversary. It's like, do you want to check out from life or do you just want to celebrate something? big difference and absolutely I'm sure all of that would come through even more if you did take a month off from drinking or we're, a year or a year or like like he like he did and he still enjoys the occasional pint with his with his mates as he would say but he does it on special occasions when it really means something versus out of habit and so that's part of what he talks about and he also talks about having healthy goals like you know you should sign up for a race that'll help you get in shape to to not have alcohol in your life. There's like certain tricks in, of the trade that he has to help you get away from the alcohol culture and have it be that habit that's part of your life every day or every single weekend. So I thought he was really, really helpful. So I wanted to ask you guys, what are your favorite non-alcoholic swaps or tips? So, uh, so I was pregnant, so I didn't drink <laughs> for, you know, nine, 10 months. Yeah. Cause Gwen was late. But yeah, so I found that really, like, I just wanted, if I couldn't drink, I just kind of wanted the, ex- the, the special experience of having something different to drink than water or coffee or tea, because I drink a lot of water, you know, normally. So just putting like bubbly water in a wine glass, I used to just drink things like normal things out of wine glasses, because it made me feel fancy, or kind of luxurious. And I found that that's part of the reason actually I really like wine is I like the experience. I like the glasses. Um, I like to taste different things. And I like to just sit there and have like, have the cool glass. So I'm like, put water in the cool glass, put juice in the cool glass, put a little bit of juice with a little bit of like sparkling water in the, in the, in the glass. So you have that kind of like effervescent thing going on. Kombucha. I also found that in order for me to feel like I was getting that quote unquote, like that, that special treat, like that celebration thing. If I do buy a drink that has a prior higher price point, I'm more likely to savor it. So, um, like cans of like a four pack of Spendrifts, like what, like four bucks, I think that's what it is here, which 
for me, that seems kind of pricey. Like I just spent $4 on four cans of water with a little bit of juice in them, but I really, really enjoy them. And if I have spent that much money on it, then I will like really kind of savor it. It's a special treat. And that kind of gives me that same, that same feeling, that same, that same jive, jive. And then kombucha always, because there comes in so many different flavors. And then that always feels fun. And I know it's really good for me. And it's also kind of pricey. So all that. Mm. What about you, Kristen? Yeah, so I'm I'm all about the the sparkling water. Um, I really find that for me in most situations, like, I mean, because I drink a ton of water throughout the day, like a lot. I am I may be the most well hydrated individual, y'all know, and it's just like I like it. I I like to just have a glass ready all the time. So when I'm like hanging out with friends or you know sitting on the couch or having dinner or whatever, like I like to have something in my hand that I can sip on and it doesn't matter all that much to me most of the time whether whether there's alcohol in it or not so for me like sparkling water is just a a mainstay around here Um, and that's really that's something my husband's gotten really into too is having um, having at night instead of like relaxing with a beer relaxing with a sparkling water and then (laughs) one of the other things that I do if I'm say going to a a party and um, and I know that there will be wine and I would prefer to not have very much is um, I'll put on really bright lipstick um, mm-hmm. knowing that it'll start to look kind of dumb if I'm sipping constantly and it's coming off on the on the glass. And I'm also we've talked about my weird germ issues. I also if, <laughs> if lipstick ends up on my glass, I can't drink after it. So, wow. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah, that's not my favorite thing. But um so that's a nice little trick for myself is um, if I'm wearing <laughs> right lipstick, it doesn't stay doesn't stay on super well yeah like I I really won't go around drinking drinking wine like but, me like if I wear white then I definitely won't like pick up a glass of red wine because it's gonna end up on me yeah because I wore white I mean yeah but then yeah and like and the other thing you know you were saying that um Ruri had suggested signing up for a race so you've got something bigger to to look into and, you know, a a healthy goal and then having, you know, having even just like a a workout date scheduled for the next morning fairly early. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pretty awesome. If I've got an early run and I'm meeting people like, yeah, I I am not going to stay out late period. And I'm certainly not going to stay out late drinking a bunch of beers. Yeah. Mm -mm. How about you, Margo? I am all about the seltzer and cranberry when I go out, I, I, mm. I find it so tasty and delicious and I just sip it like a proper lady and it, it feels like just like I'm having champagne or something. I, I absolutely love it. That's my favorite thing. If they don't have that, I try to get unsweetened iced tea. And then if they don't have that, I wish they served kombucha at bars, actually. I wish that Me was too. an option. Put they it do in a nice glass. I mean, come on. Not here, man. I would totally oh. be into that. Or a taster. They're like, you can go to like kombucha bars and you can like do a tasting. I would lo- that would be I would love that. That would be so amazing. Yeah, cuz I cuz I hate soda. I really won't drink yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah. and then sometimes I just wind up drinking water, but like you Kristen, I think you and I could be in competition. My glass is always full. I am <laughs> constantly drinking water. Ooh, water we're going to have to we're going to have to uh, check this. Yeah, we do. Oh. There is also um yeah, you guys are going to have like a hydrate off. Yeah. Like- <laughs> Take a picture of it all day. <laughs> <laughs> I had this many ounces. Um, also, herbal tea I found in the evening 
especially when Ooh, I just kind of yeah. want to wind down. And now that, you know, the temperatures are getting cooler and stuff, like it feels really good just to have a mug of warm herbal tea. And I don't know if you guys can find it if you have a TJ's. There's, I think it's called like the Harvest Blend. It's a mix of like hibiscus, chamomile, and then it's got other kind of like fruity cinnamon flavors. It's delicious. It doesn't have any sugar in it. There's a fox on the cover and they sell it at TJ's and you should buy every box in your store if you can, because it's delicious and it's seasonal. All right. That's on my just list. Don't, just don't buy the ones at Kansas City because I'm going to buy them all. <laughs> but it's really, 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 really great. I saw it was back in the on the shelves the other day and I was like, yes. So, yeah. Okay, so why don't we just go into this interview today, everybody. We are talking to Ruri Fairbins. One year, no beer. Did you know that being more active at work, like standing more and sitting less, can help improve your health, reduce back pain, boost energy, and increase both your metabolism and your productivity? True story. And our favorite way to get those benefits is with Veridesk. See for yourself at veridesk.com. That's V-A-R-I desk.com. Ruri Fairbins is an entrepreneur and co-founder of the One Year No Beer Movement. He gave up drinking in the face of incredible pressure, thinking he would lose his edge as one of the top brokers in the world. He soon realized it was quite the opposite. Spurred by this life-changing experience, he and Andy Ramage have created the One Year No Beer Movement. Ruri speaks about improving all aspects of your life by changing your relationship with alcohol. After two years alcohol-free, Ruri now drinks in total control. He is here today to talk about how changing your relationship with alcohol can improve all aspects of your life. Welcome to the show, Ruri. Awesome to be here. So thank you so much for having me on, guys. Absolutely. So this is FBG Margot, and on the line today we have FBG Kristen. Hey, guys. So, Ruri, I'm lucky I get to ask you the first question. So, can you start us off by discussing what One Year No Beer is all about and the difference between that and a treatment program for those struggling with alcohol? Absolutely. Um, so, uh, well, just to put this into a bit of context, a little bit of background, um, I'm a broker. I've been a broker for 11 years in the city of London. And, um, you know, I fit the job extremely well because, well, A, being Scottish and from the um, the islands off the west coast of Scotland, um, you know, I've been pretty used to drink. It's very much ingrained in my in my belief system that, you know, in order to ed- uh, entertain, be a good friend, have a good time, you need to drink. I think that looks like a lot of us. Yeah, so I'd, I'd been a broker, successful broker, taking people out too much, and really it was starting to wear a bit thin. Um, you know, the hangovers were getting longer, um, and um, you know, starting to feel some cracks in other areas of my life. Maybe my relationship wasn't as good as I'd hoped it'd be, and all the while determined to to say, you know, that alcohol wasn't the problem, and really looking at all other areas. And it wasn't until I did a, uh, I actually did a 90-day challenge as part of something else. I dropped alcohol and coffee, that my world completely changed. Um, I couldn't believe how, how much I had been. Um, I say numbing myself, but you know, really, I was only drunk a couple of times a week, once with work maybe, and once with um, friends. 
to put it into to context. But the changes in me were just dramatic. I felt so much energy. I felt happy. I felt healthy. So I needed to understand this. And I got together with another broker in the city, and we realized there's a huge disconnect between the huge upside people can get from dropping alcohol, even if you're just a moderate drinker, um, and what their belief is about the fact that they need alcohol and they need to survive. So we created a challenge. We wanted it to be something you could be proud of, boast about, shout about when you're in the pub and say, I'm doing this cool, funky challenge. I'm really proud to be a part of it. Um, I'm doing the 28 day or the 90 day or the 365 day. Um, and while you're on it, you know, we get people to really focus on all the positives around giving up alcohol. We get them to rewire their brain. Uh, we get them to go out socially. It's very, very, very different to what is out there um, in terms of alcohol, which normally is a sort of, I've reached rock bottom. I've got a serious problem. Can you coach me quietly somewhere? You know, this is big, proud, out in the open for people who are thinking about changing their relationship with alcohol for whatever reason, um, but are maybe stuck from society or habit. I like that idea of changing your relationship with it rather than, um, you know, saying like, it's a huge problem. I need to change everything. But I, I'm really curious. So who's coming to you to take this, this challenge? Like who's taking part in it? And what do you think it is that really is leading these participants to sign up? The majority of people come in through not searching for um, how to give up alcohol because that's such a low amount of people searching for that. Um, what people search for is they search for the problems they're in their life. So they might be looking for uh, one classic one is couples counselling. Um, they might be looking for um, uh, or searching for a certain problem. You know, is alcohol causing my chest pains or is alcohol causing this? Because people do have these niggles in their life and, and they have these little problems and the last thing to be blamed is the alcohol. Um, you know, this, the, the, the not sleeping well, the feeling depressed, the feeling anxious, the very much, you know, just not on life goals. Um, those, so much of that is actually created and massively exacerbated uh, by regularly drinking. Um, but the types of people, we have a very, very wide demographic. We're over 16,000 members in 100 countries. Um, we launched last year in February, so our growth has been very rapid. Um, and, you know, we have 47% uh, uh, female, 52% male. Um, and I think, again, that's very unlike what's out there. Traditionally, it's been um, more female orientated who are reaching out for these prevention programs. Um, but, yeah, the thing is now, we all know, you guys know fully well, you'd have to be hiding under a rock to not realize that there is a massive paradigm shift going on out there. Uh, millennials are drinking considerably less than we do or we used to. I'm not putting myself in the same bracket as millennials. <laughs> and, um, you and me both. Me I'm either. all of that, <laughs> just, just for the record. Um, and um, they're drinking less. You've got things like tectonic shifts like Diageo, you know, the world's biggest um, um, alcohol company, buying their first non-alcoholic spirit called Speed Seedlip. Um, you've got AB InBev, the world's largest brewer, who uh, put out just a month ago that they think 20% of their market share is going to come from non-alcoholic beers within three years. It's a major tectonic shift going on. And this is what happened with cigarettes. Um, you know, you have a paradigm shift and, and, and people are like, well, hang on a minute. I'm actually not comfortable with this anymore. I want to relook at my relationship. So, yeah, very wide array of people. So can you tell us what are some of the biggest benefits you see from people when they do take time off from drinking, you know, physically and mentally? Um, I think the key thing here is um, the first thing is 
again, the difference between our program and just somebody taking time off drinking. Mm -hmm. um, so people would say, uh, why don't I just give up drinking on my own? And, and many people do and try, and they go through dry January. And what they do is they hold off seeing their friends. They cancel their social calendar. They consider themselves completely socially inept. They may as well be a leper for a month. And, um, you know, they miss out on all those things. And they learn precisely nothing. And, in fact, when they come onto our challenge, we get them to reprogram their brain that's the most key thing go back out to the pub go to those places meet your friends drink non-alcoholic beers because then you realize that so much of it is just social conditioning so much of it is just peer pressure you don't actually need the alcohol substance that you think you do um so that's how our our, our program works i diverted from your question what was it again remind me well, what, what are some of the benefits of taking you know not drinking for 30 days, 60 yes, days, 90 exactly. days. Got it. Cool. Sorry, um, you can come, I'm sure you can cut that out, but it's the ADHD, I shoot off in all directions. <laughs> no, it's fine, it's totally fine. <laughs> um, so, um, but the benefits are incredible. And this is what makes me, un, I mean, ridiculously passionate about this cause because the benefits are enormous. So the vast majority of people who come into our challenge, anxiety gone or, or, or disappears. Some people it gets worse, and I can explain a bit that in more detail later if you like. Depression lifted, feeling happier, feeling fitter, the thing about this is that alcohol is the gateway. Um, so when I say that is that, you know, if you think about what you do, you know, you drink and then you can't be bothered to do the gym the next day or maybe you eat bad and you get into this negative spiral. You feel tired. You reach out for the rubbish food. And that when you reverse that and you stop drinking and actually you eat better and you go for fitness and you're around a tribe of people who are living how you want to live then things become exponential for you. So a lot of people pick up many, many more things. As soon as they have their, what I call an epiphany, and this happens to almost everybody who comes through a challenge, at some point they have an epiphany and they go, oh my God, I just can't believe this. I feel so much better. And when they have that, they're given energy, productivity, they're given these things and they start looking at other areas of their life or they start bringing on hobbies they've been leaving on the back burner or maybe like me, starting a business, whatever it is. So people change a lot by proxy, if you get me, rather than just what happens um, from giving up the alcohol. The biggest changes from people, well, I mean, we've got, as I mentioned, lots of people talking about skin problems, psoriasis, completely gone. We've got um, Sally Wilkinson, who's a fitness professional, has been all her years, drank a little bit, thought she would get no benefit from this challenge and was blown away with how much her life changed. So you've got qualified professionals who you'd think were at the cutting edge of fitness not realizing how much of an upside this is. And my number one of all time, uh, Mark, who's in um, Dubai. Mark, very successful uh, guy in the city in Dubai. Um, him and his wife trying for children. Five years IVF, told that his swim count is too low. He'll never get pregnant naturally. A hundred days into our challenge, they're pregnant naturally. They've now had their daughter called her Amber Faith after our logo. And I just love that. It's just amazing. So the thing I always say to people is, I don't know what's going to change for you. Um, I, I have no idea, but I guarantee you most of the baseline things like anxiety will change for you. The other upside stuff, well, who knows? And that's what's so exciting about it. And that's what's so exciting about keep people coming through the challenge. Well, I would love for you to dive into what you mentioned about the fact that for some people, the anxiety may actually increase because I have a feeling I know where you're going to go with it, but I really want to learn. 
Yeah, okay, awesome. So um, obviously there's a reason why we all drink. And if you cut through, we can skip lots of times about going through all the different steps, but at the end of the day, it's hurt. And, um, and, and you know, we, we're trying to get away from hurt or, or trauma. Um, and we want to numb, forget, move on, have a good time, relax, etc. Get out of our minds. And for many people, that trauma can be quite, you know, deep. Um, and so when they give up alcohol, actually, you get a proper look at authentic self. Now, for almost everyone, they get a real look at authentic self. And for some people, now, this is not how I feel they are, but how they may feel they are. It might be a bit ugly. And, and that's when they need to start doing the real work. And they need to really start to work with a with a with a professional, with a coach, with a counsellor. Um, we do lead on to support in those areas to start to work at those very very difficult feelings inside. So for people who have got uh, who get an increase in anxiety, that's then starting to work on their self love, their key identity, the person who they really are. Um, and a lot of people take alcohol to be socially acceptable. They they drink. Andy, my co-founder, he realized that he was not an extrovert after all when he stopped drinking. He realized he's a total introvert. Mm. And he didn't realize that before. Um, and now he's so much more comfortable in his skin. He's like, I don't really want to go out, thank you very much. It's not really what I like doing. But I used to go out all the time and think I loved it. And so he was putting on this fakeness of his life. And he just didn't realize. For, for a lot of the anxiety side of things, it's really about delving into self-love. You know, it's so interesting yeah. because, um, you know, in London, they, there is that party culture, you know, going out at night and meeting friends. And it's the same thing in New York City. And I'm, when I moved to New York, it was, I would go out, you know, meeting people all the time. And it took me a while to realize, like, I don't want to go out every night. I don't want to go out like four or five nights a week. I, I need my rest time, my downtime. So it's so interesting <laughs> that he discovered that because I, I had the same sort of thing. So if someone wants yeah. to do a challenge, 30, 60, a year-long challenge, how can they set, best set themselves up for success? Okay, so um, I think with these, a lot of this is in our challenge in the first early days. So really, for most people, the early days, that first couple of weeks are just, they're, they're a bit horrible. Um, there's a lot of stuff you can do with nutrition, and we talk about that. You, 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 for often, people's sleep gets worse. Um, the number one thing, and this is why in our challenge, literally day one, we tell you to book a challenge. Okay, and when we talk about that, why do you book a challenge from a challenge? Fitness, exercise without question, is the number one well-being pill out there, okay? If you want to change your state, change your body, um, uh, the, the science behind this is that the lymphatic system does not have a pump like the heart does. And so it requires exercise in order for you to detox. So if you are trying to detox your body from alcohol and you're not doing any exercise, then your liver's having to do twice the work. And bear in mind that with alcohol... The liver, uh, sorry, the liver processes alcohol before it processes anything else. So this is the reason why you're not getting your weight loss goals because you're, you, you're, you, it has to process the alcohol that you're drinking and then it can finally get onto the fat cells that you're burning. Um, so this is uh, one of the key things. So exercise. Now, when we say book into a challenge, we have tons of people booking into like Spartan races, Tough Mudders, ultra marathons. Now, it doesn't matter what it is for you, depending on your fitness level. It's just something that stretches you. So it could be that you want to do a 5k park run in 90 days, and that's perfectly acceptable. But the exercise goal also becomes part of your carrot um, while you're talking to people. And they say, what do you want to drink? You say, I'm doing this one year no beer challenge, and I've got a 10k race in 90 days. Okay, it starts to make sense to the person who's going to accuse you from there, because it's not just about giving up alcohol. 
you know, when you say I'm not drinking and people say, what, what's wrong with you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, booking into a fitness challenge is absolutely key. Getting out into social situations. So if anyone is listening and thinking, yeah, I might do this, but I've got a wedding or a stag do. I'm like, yes, brilliant. Sorry, bachelor's party, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> or, a, or, a, or a trip to Vegas or whatever it is you've got on the cards. I say, yes, brilliant. Right. We can set you up and we show you how to set up, how to absolutely love it. Now, the thing about going to these events is not only do you rewire your brain. Okay. So we're working with um, lo long ingrained neural pathways. Ever since before you're old enough to drink, you've been watching your, your aunties, uncles, friends come around celebrate commiserate and congratulate with alcohol and so it's so ingrained in your brain it's just what you do you know you maybe even write like me cheers at the end of of emails and um so alcohol is absolutely ingrained so in order to get past that you have to really force the neural pathways away and it's uncomfortable at the beginning it's like learning to drive on the other side of the road you know you all of a sudden have to think about it again so it's uncomfortable in the beginning but when you do go and you go to vegas or you go to these places uh, the wedding and you do it alcohol free and you challenge yourself you say i'm going to do that for once in my life for me as a present as a gift so that i can and go in with an open mind not this oh god sober people are so boring which is the nonsense that you've been conditioned to believe but you know what i'm going to go there and i'm going to have an amazing time and i'm going to dance on a table i'm going to feel free and happy and and prove to everybody that i can be fun and sober when you wake up um, after the event, you have got social kudos forever. You've got the ability to tell all your friends, yeah, I did Vegas alcohol free. And they go, what? You did that? That's amazing. You've got incredible willpower. And it reboosts and reaffirms the fact that you are somebody who has willpower, that you do have self-control. And that is so powerful in building a healthy, you know, um, sense of self. So I, I find that just so fascinating um, because the times that I have cut alcohol out entirely it's always been leading up to a really big race and that has really paired together really well for me and made yeah. made each part easier you know and you're right like it makes it so much easier to explain it to people if I'm at a bar and sipping on water nobody's going to give me a hard time about it yeah not that my friends really give you a hard time anyway like if you don't want to drink you don't have to drink but on fit bottomed girls we talk a lot about intuitive and mindful eating and exercising and really tuning into like what it is that you want, what it is that feels good to your body and why. Um, and it sounds like that's really in line with what, um, exactly. what your challenges do. So I'm curious, um, cause I understand, I think from your, your bio that you do enjoy a drink now once, once in a while, yep. but in total control. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on how that intuitive and mindful aspect comes into bringing alcohol back into one's life if they choose to do so absolutely and that is very simple is that for me um i still i think well, you could you could have a field day into the um, psychology behind this but um i still feel that there are important events and moments in bonding with other males or other people that um i feel is necessary or i just sometimes i want to so i'll give you a couple of examples I'm seeing one of my lifelong brokering career customers tonight. It's our last time together. He's moving off to Singapore. It's a really big moment. I'm going to have a few glasses of wine with him. It's not going to be what it used to be, which is absolutely off until 4 o'clock in the morning and, and all that craziness. It'll be sensible. It'll be fine. And you might say, well, why do you want to? And I say, well, it will just make him feel more comfortable. It will make him feel more comfortable because I'm sorry, but 
there are other people in their mindset around alcohol, not mine, but their mindset, they're so ingrained, they're not prepared to change, and that they do feel like, mm, well, you're not drinking, I might not invite you, or blah, 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 blah. So, and the other side of that is, uh, for me, I never wanted to get back into a level of drinking. So I, I did two years completely alcohol-free, and loved it, loved all the changes. And now what I feel is I just, on special occasions, this is not about moderation, we, as I said, we talk, talk about total control, on those special occasions, I might want to have a drink. Christmas Day, I might want to have a couple of whiskeys, my, my father, you know, that kind of thing. So I think, I think the reality is, for most people, um, they want to... Uh, let's just put it this way. If there were no consequences, I think everybody would continue drinking alcohol. It's great fun. It loosens you up. Mm-hmm. Um, you get, uh, apart from some of the cra- two crazy situations, um, you wouldn't do it. But the problem is there's too many consequences with it. And so I think for many people, they want to just get it into a better spot. And for Andy, he was like, I'm never going back. I'm never risking it. I've got no interest. It just made me who I wasn't. Forget it. So he it very much leads, that's my co-founder, leads the charge with the um, the never drinking again. And for me, I look after all the people who want to get back to a form of drinking. And that's why we create these challenges. The 90-day challenge is not to have you never drink again. The 90-day challenge is so that you can go through the challenge and make a honest uh, reflection on where you want to go from there. And for some people, that might be I want to go back. For other people, it is um, I, I'm never going to drink again. Or for other people, it's I'm going to carry on and do the year. So, yeah, does that is that fair to answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. Good. So pivoting back into the the fitness, I've been following your Instagram, and you are yeah. in phenomenal shape. Congratulations! Um, oh, thanks. <laughs> so, so were you interested in sports and leading an active life before you started one year no beer, or did you pick it up as a way to kind of pass the time while you're not drinking? Uh, well, I'm ADHD, um, so I am always bouncing off the wall, running everywhere, (laughs) nine bazillion miles an hour. I probably burn 4,000 calories a day just doing no exercise. Um, But um, no, I always, I I mean, I I definitely struggled because of the work stuff and eating out and things like that. So just before I did this challenge, I was um, 26% body fat um, and I got myself down to 10.6% body fat. I tried various different things because I had the energy and the and the and the want to do those things. You know, in uh, in the end, intermittent fasting is what brought me down to my lowest fat level. Um, and I was doing, a, 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 and then I pushed away from meat. I was going majority veg, just trying to focus on the, the uh, majority veg. So yeah, but I've always I've always been pretty active. Um, I didn't do sports and things like that before because, you know, I've, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I left uh, school before the legal age um, to set up my first company at 15 years old. Um, and, uh, you know, by the time I was 22, I'd set up five different companies, employed, you know, 10, 15 people for three years, that kind of stuff. Um, Holy cow. Yeah. No, <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Um, I, I, was thinking about it, I was thinking about it in the shower this morning that I'm actually, I'm a failpreneur. I'm a serial failpreneur, which I think I prefer, <laughs> because, because uh, I've set up a lot of companies that have failed. Um, but I think those are the best ways to learn. And um, and that's what I feel about this challenge is that for me, I did two years. Andy's you know, now four years. We 
properly went into the science behind all this stuff. We spent a lot of time with some of the leading minds in habit change and behavioral science. We've had our platform quantified by Sterling University. You know, we have a cutting edge program here, which is about so much more than changing alcohol. It's about really getting your life into shape and, and the dramatic effect that it can have on you when you start to implement these techniques and these um, uh, behavioral change techniques and also positive psychology, you know, can be huge, totally life changing for people. Uh, that's what drives me on. You know, I get letters, emails. I, I, I read them out to my wife at night. It just, you know, it, it's so powerful. Can we go back for a second to talk a little bit more about um, how people handle situations in which normally they would have a drink and they don't? Because I am not going to lie, like there have been numerous times when I've considered, like before I even knew about your challenge, but um, where I've thought, oh, yeah, I should, I should just go a month without or something just to, number one, sort of make sure that I can and it's fine and, you know, dig into like what my feelings around it are. And then also just, you know, for, for health and, and then something comes up and I'm like, well, damn, there's no way, like, I can't, I can't do that without a glass of wine. I can't go to a yeah. wedding. I can't do, I mean, for me, like a networking event that is dry is terrifying. And I am aware that I have some issues with uh, social <laughs> anxiety there. Um, so yeah. that's a lot of shock, but um, do you have, and I don't want you to like, you know, give away all the goods here. Um, Cause I want people to go and check out your challenge, but what are some like good concrete tips that that maybe you can share with our listeners on that? I absolutely believe in giving away value. Give, 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 keep giving and give again and give some more. So I'm very happy to to spill everything. <laughs> um, awesome. <laughs> and um, um, which is what we try to do with everything we do. So the um, I, I think there's multiple things. One is something that Andy and I perfected over the years as brokers was stealth drinking. Um, and so this is tipping the bomb and having a conversation, showing up at your event early um, and deciding how you want it to look. So let's say you're drinking white wine for the evening. Well, lime cordial or some lime cordials um, with a little bit of water and a glass can look like white wine. Um, so you tip the barman 20 quid, you tell him that this is what you want every time you serve glasses up to um, the table, things like that. Um, you can bring your own non-alcoholic wines to an event. Um, you could probably bring them in and ask them for corkage. Call ahead, ask them what non-alcoholic beers they've got. Um, they can pour a non-alcoholic beer into a pint glass and top it up with lemonade. Nobody will know it's not a pint. If anybody buys you a drink, you sip it, which is okay, and then you go to the bathroom, pour it away, go back to the bar in another area, buy yourself your your fake drink and come back um watering that sounds really sneaky (laughs) yeah but i mean the thing is that you're saying is is if you feel you have to be that way then you have to be that way and and that is more of a situation where people are pressing upon you to drink you know if we're real and honest that can be a boss um you know you're coming down for a drink on friday with everyone or you're doing your not drinking thing and you're like oh god okay fine i'll have to do this as the sly version um um, and those situations really exist. I'm sorry. I was talking to some girls in media the other day. They're like, yeah, you know, creative time, 12 o'clock, down to the, to, down to the corporate office, whatever, and, and, we're, and we're all brainstorming with bottles of beer. And I'm like, it's just hilarious today. But, um, <laughs> but um, right. we will look back on this time. We are going to look back on this time 10, 20 years now and just be like, I just can't believe it was so you know, legal for us to be <laughs> taking the world's most destructive drug and by a long shot, you know, don't give me any nonsense about those class A's and stuff like that being destructive. The biggest problem in the world today on any drug is alcohol by a tenfold. It's huge. The cost to economic problems, the cost to health, health services is massive. 
So anyway, and some more tri- tips and tricks. So that's the stealth drinking out of the way. You were talking about social anxiety, and, and obviously alcohol is a depressant. Um, alcohol causes long-term anxiety and depression. Um, and it's when you take off that vice and you start to work on yourself that actually you realize that you didn't need it. Um, and I think there's got to be, there's, without a doubt, um, you know, certainly if you're introverted and things, you know, um, dealing with people in crowds can be a thing, but it's also, uh, it can be difficult, but it's also a challenge. Um, it's a challenge to say to yourself, you know, I want to go to these events and realize that I didn't need alcohol because the reality is you don't. You know, when you were a kid, you, you know, I'm talking, not talking about kid, teenager kid, where you've started to get into fears and doubts about yourself. I'm talking about younger than that. Do you have any doubts walking up to other kids? You know, you no, you just played and had fun and you were free. And so that's inside all of us. You know, we have learned to be fearful. We have taught ourselves um, to have social anxiety. Um, it's not our natural state. Um, so, you know, you can unlearn that. So you have a book coming out this year. Can you tell us anything about it? Yeah, loads. <laughs> so the book is basically the 28-day challenge. It, it is the guide into the 28-day challenge. Um, loads of tips and tricks and a step-by-step how to get through the first 28 days with a view to um, obviously getting people integrated into our community. The biggest thing, and we harp on about this so much, you know, inside it in all of us is a is a, an innate tribalism. You know, we need to belong to to our tribe, and we've known since forever that our tribe drinks. Um, so when somebody steps out of that tribe, you know, the people who are still in it get very defensive, and that's the reaction you get. You know, what are you doing? Why are you leaving? Why are you not drinking? Um, and um, for you to step away from that tribe, even for a little bit, is you need another tribe to sort of hang on to. Um, so this is why we built the community and, and we want to grow it much bigger. You know, we have meetups up and down the country, we've a few meetups in the US. Um, these are not sitting around in a room talking about problems kind of meetups. This is meetups at uh, runs, at fitness events, um, you know, sober raves. Um, all that kind of stuff. It's fun. It's friendly. It's bonding together with other humans who are trying to live a happy, healthy life. And um, so, yeah, the the 28 day book is pretty much your step by step guide to the first 28 days. Gosh, well, this has been beyond illuminating. I I feel like if I could keep you on the on the phone for another half hour, I would easily do so. Cosign. Um, yeah. Gosh. But I I think that we're probably about out of time, and I have one more question that we ask each of our each of our guests and it's pretty important and that is what's the last song you listened to before you joined us for this podcast brilliant um it's (laughs) a song called fallen by artificial intelligence it's not really a song it's a drum and bass track (laughs) oh okay cool very good great answer um, but uh, the I, I, the Spotify playlist now it's I don't know it's definitely doubled my productivity. The 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 drum and bass put it on monotonous, amazing. So there you go. Oh, maybe I need to try that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send it yeah, to my... you. So Ruri, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you very much. Love this show? Tell us why in a five-star review on iTunes, and we'll read it on the air. Also, make sure you are a subscriber. If you want to reach out to say hi or have a question about a recent episode, yay, well, feel free to email us at podcast at fitbottomgirls.com. And if this podcast jives perfectly with your brand, consider sponsoring the show. Get more info by emailing advertising at fitbottomgirls.com. 
Find all kinds of Fit Bottom goodness online and on social media at Fit Bottom Girls, Fit Bottom Mamas, Fit Bottom Meets, and Fit Bottom Zen. And if books and movies are your thing, check out the other podcast I co-host called Book vs. Movie, which you can find anywhere where you search for podcasts. Thanks for listening.